This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Monica came into that reunion like, I'm gonna slay these bitches. I hate all of them. Try me, bitch. Try me. But I don't think it landed like she thought it would when Heather goes, so you weren't Jen's assistant because Kim Kardashian was an assistant and you thought like that would help you get ahead. She's like, um, no. Heather plays the recording of her saying, Kim K was a fucking assistant and blah, 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 blah. And instead of being like, okay, oops, busted. She was like, yeah, that's right. I could tell Andy wasn't having it either. Andy was like, I want to give you this badass moment, but it's not landing. Like you are the only one sitting on this couch, on these couches that applied through casting. And also when when Monica said that she told casting that your show sucks, it's probably going to get canceled because the ratings are bad and it's because you don't have the right cast. Then they showed what she sent to casting and I was like, that's not what she said. She didn't, she made it sound a whole lot more badass. So just my quickie thoughts. But uh, let's get into the whole thing, shall we? Let's roll that intro. Here at She Speaks Bravo, we believe that Bravo TV is a great form of self-care and therapy. I mean, look at me. I've been using it for over a decade and I'm a complete mess. What is this, honey? I love that. I'm Emily. Every week I recap the latest episodes of your favorite Bravo shows, from Housewives to Vanderpump Rules. We need to get more cosmopolitan. So if you're not already subscribed, get subscribed and hit that notification bell so you never miss an episode. We are still leaning into the drama, thank God, with the editing, because as the cast arrives, they're weaving in finale moments. The one I didn't, I don't think I paid a lot of attention to that line Monica says where she goes, there is more to this story and you're going to want to hear it. I didn't notice how like over the top and kind of ridiculous she's, and you're gonna wanna hear it. <laughs> Sorry, like I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be all like go Monica. I, I would have her back just for TV's sake, just out of interest. But I just don't think she's hitting as hard as she thinks she is. So I'm gonna kind of drag her a little bit, a little bit. They really milk the whole thing then like they have her last to come to set and they milk her walking in and they dude when they cut over to the control room though is this the first time we've actually seen the control room because i would buy tickets to sit in that control room like imagine sitting in the control room all the monitors in front of you you can pick whichever monitor you want to look at you just stare at someone, see their reactions, as opposed to the – because I always wonder, the final edit, they could splice in any reaction. You know what I mean? Like if someone says something, they don't have to give the exact reaction. They could be like, let's pretend she was like <gasps> – so I, I would <sighs> sell tickets to the control room. Sell to – they'd be in the thousands, but I mean, it looks so fun just sitting back there with my popcorn. Andy points out, like he does often, it's like a shady way to point something out. And he's like, you have not been all together as a group. 
or spoken since the show, right? Since the finale. And Monica's like, I think they were together a lot, minus me. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's what I'm pointing out. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, that's my point. That's like what I'm saying. <laughs> She's like, okay. Andy asks how they felt not having Jen. Heather really leads this response about not Jen not being on the show. Were you guys worried? And Heather says they were hoping the audience wasn't going to expect that same level of drama and toxicity, but we were excited to get free of all that. Excited for a chance to prove ourselves and show our friendships without that in the mix. I don't know why coming out of Heather's mouth that is so odd. I want to go back and rewatch last season and the other seasons where she had Jen's back so hardcore. So the big flip is like, what? It's a little odd. And this, I think this next segment was just on Peacock because I did not see it the first time, the first couple times I watched it regularly on like the Bravo app. And so Andy goes, what about now, how do you guys now feel to Jen's feel about Jen's guilty plea? Because the last time I asked you guys, there wasn't much of a response. And Heather says that she was lying to their face up to the moment she walked into the courtroom. And she had said that I'm innocent, but I have to plead guilty. And then Andy asks if she think if it does, do you guys think she's guilty? And both Lisa and Heather are like, yeah, we do, which is it's just weird because, like, I know Lisa questioned it a bit more than Heather, but Heather really, like, didn't question it and was always like, I don't know. I have to go off what my friend tells me. I don't know. Whitney's like, I did express concerns, but I was retaliated against so bad on social media. And I forgot that Jen used to, like, stick – stick. She used to, like, sick her, her online army against people. You know whose army's kind of doing that, too, is Monica's. I've gotten um, a lot of like really intense comments pro Monica. And whenever I click on the account, Monica follows that account. So it's got similar tactics because I had the same thing if I posted anything even slightly bad about Jen, which I'm sure it was rarely good. I would get like vicious, very passionate, but like vicious comments. And they typically would be people that Jen Shaw followed. So it's interesting how similar and parallel they are. But we open on Monica's package. Andy asks why she got so emotional about the purse. And Monica's response was giving, like, rehearsed, was giving, this is the persona I'm putting on for this show. Like, this was the character development I came up with when I applied for the show. She says that the rest of the ladies are all married, their kids are successful, and what am I bringing to the table? I'm a whore that's going through a divorce that has four kids and lives in a 3,000-square-foot home. And I think every person has felt at some point like, I don't belong. It just felt so like – and Andy even says, yeah, I mean, I think that's why it resonated. It was either like a dumb question for Andy to have asked because you were just going to get a very obvious answer, um, or even Andy was like, yeah, I guess that's uh, the obvious response. Everyone in their life has felt at some point like I don't belong. Mm-hmm. They have. This is also housewives. You know, it's the show, like we, we scream about wanting wealth uh, and opulence on the show, but but then we 
we get Monica, who's making it seem like all of the wealth and opulence they show us isn't right. But I'm like, you wanted to be on this show. You applied to be on this show. That's what this show is. They're all superficial, materialistic, wealthy women. That's kind of the the whole thing. This isn't Vanderpump rules or, you know what I mean? All right, Andy asks Monica why she didn't like Lisa freaking out about her ring and losing her ring. And Monica's like, well, because it was like $60,000, $60,000, $60,000. And Lisa goes, I only said the price three times. <laughs> Even Andy was like, what? <laughs> Why did you? Okay. But then Lisa, I'm like, Lisa cries legitimately talking about this ring. It was a push present for Henry and they weren't sure that they'd have more kids. They don't have more kids. I get, no, I'm sorry. At the first time, Jack... They thought after Jack, she wouldn't have been able to have more kids. So for Henry, that was like a miracle. And Monica's like, well, why didn't you say that? And then Monica tries to like bust Lisa by saying that she said John had just bought it. Like you said John just bought it. And Lisa's like, no, no, I said it was sentimental. And Heather backs her up too. And then they show flashbacks of her saying it was sentimental. So nice try, Monica. Lisa says that she, go ahead, you can ask John if you don't believe me. Just because I get upset over losing a ring doesn't mean I'm not relatable to the middle class and I'm part of the 1%. Monica, with all the attitude in the world, of course, is like, well, you're right about that. And you're definitely not the 1%. That's correct. And Lisa picks up on the vibe. You know, she's like, okay, I can tell. But I like that she doesn't quite know what the dig is. She's like, I could tell this is a dig. I can feel it. Not 100% sure what it is, though. And that's when she's like, no, the 1% is like Shaq. Andy asks who Monica thinks started the rumor about Monica stealing the ring. And Monica looks over at Lisa and Heather and is like, they did it. They, of course, deny it. And then Monica asks, well, why didn't you go online and say that you don't think that? And Lisa's like, well, that's like not my place. I don't need to do that. And Heather, under her breath, says... Well, because maybe that's what some of us thought, too. And Monica's like, well, at least you admit it. At least you say it. I'm like, damn, damn. Andy's like, well, we did a poll on Watch What Happens Live. And I think he's going to say that the poll said that people voted that Monica stole the ring. Uh, And Lisa's like, well, maybe people also just watched your behavior and made that accusation. And then Lisa also says that she loves her new ring. It's nice. It's just not the same. I want my old ring back. And she she does look right at Monica when she says that. And Monica's like, why do you look at me when you say that? I don't have your ring. And I, I don't even want to speculate into this. Um, but I don't know. Her behavior was... I don't know. I get I get why she's pissed because it is dangerous. And then she calls it stereotypical. And Angie laughs and then chimes in trying to defend Lisa, saying that she never said you stole the ring. And Monica tells Angie to shut up, you bench-warming bitch. That's very much a troll comment, just so we're clear. That's very much a fan feedback comment that she's she's stealing. Because I know how I know how I know how people comment. I see it all the time. And that's just very much that. But I don't know. Monica is coming in overly defensive about everything, so maybe that's what I'm picking up on. And I do understand her wanting to clear her name because that is a big accusation. Uh, and I've heard that she's going to do a lie detect. She's she's trying to set up a lie detector test with the with the police so that she can prove she didn't steal it. Um, 
the all the behavior was just a lot, but I feel like that's how she's going into this thing, right? And she does it. She does. I didn't even go into the bathroom until 20, 30 minutes after you had lost the ring. And I don't know how if they edited that part where Lisa's like, that's true or something. But Lisa, according to the editing, Lisa just kind of looks at her like, so they, I think Lisa really thinks that she stole the ring, which is a first here on Housewives. Andy asks her to describe her relationship with Jen, Monica. And the way Monica answers, you know, it's just, you had to expect these questions were coming, but she's like, she's, the energy is like, I guess, I mean, I guess we were friends first and then I like worked for her, if you will, and um, enemies, I guess. Now here's where I want to, I'm going to put this little story together here that she's trying to sell. She claims that honestly, I always felt more just like a friend, but I would go get her groceries. I would make sure she was on time to her freaking meetings. And Andy's like, wait, hold on. Was she filming this show at this point? He's obviously wondering what Heather is about to prove. And Monica's like, I think she filmed season one. I think. Like she, like she doesn't know, but she knows. She knows. And Andy goes, was she paying you? And she says, no. So you are taking time away from your kids for a job that didn't pay you? And she's like, yeah. Kind of like, like, duh. Yeah. And? They're all confused about why she would do it for free. Monica, once again, with the, honestly, she was my friend. She needed help. It didn't start like that. Like with such a stank face, like you dumb bitch, that vibe. We were friends first. And I was like, I can help you until you need somebody. That doesn't make sense. That does not make sense. And Heather goes, so you didn't have like Kim K started out as an assistant and look, look at where it got her and I'll start out as an assistant to see where it gets me. Monica, like she acts like she's so dumb for even suggesting this. She's like, um, no. Well, Heather busts out the voice note. Kim K was a fucking assistant and look at that bitch now. She, she's like, yeah. And like, bitch, you got caught lying. And only reason I was an assistant was a fucking stepping stone. Anyway, Andy's like, so does this prove that, what does this prove exactly? That she wasn't doing it for free out of the kindness of her heart with Jen. It was to get on the show. And Monica's like, I didn't think I would ever even end up on the show. But why would I not try to get on the show? Okay, okay. Heather's like, I'm just clarifying that you weren't you weren't helping her just because you were her friend. You had ulterior motives. And Monica tries. This is where she really does not, I don't believe this. She says, I didn't even know she was on the show when I met Jen. That doesn't even make sense. You meet Jen. She, this is after they had filmed season one. You become friends with her. You don't know she's on the show? You don't know she's on the show. They'd filmed season one. Utah's a small town. Salt Lake City is small. Everybody knows everything. So then you didn't know Jen Shaw was on, was one of the cast members, yet pretty you're saying that you were going to be an assistant because Kim Kardashian was an assistant and it's a stepping stone. What would be the stepping stone to be friends with Jen and work for Jen if you didn't know she was on the show? Therefore, that would be a stepping stone to get on. The, like that, you can't act like you didn't have a clue about that. If she had already filmed season one and you became her friend, you had to have known she was on the show. 
Like she's overselling that side of it a little bit to me, you know? Like you had to have known. You had to have known. Right? Am I making sense? Does that – because I'm feeling confused too. Andy asks if she can like, can you kind of admit, you know, like maybe there was a little bit of an agenda to get on the show. And Monica looks up to the right and starts with, honestly, when I applied to get on the show, I applied just like every one of these women sitting here. <laughs> she thought that was about to be such a such a burn, such a read. They're all like, we didn't apply. Lisa's like, um, I brought the show to Salt Lake City. So, which is true. Like, she's like, I, like, none of us. And then I even like Angie going, I was referred. So they're all wondering, like, how did you apply? What did you do? Monica's talking to them like they're fucking idiots. Like, I sent an email. I emailed idiots. It's like, well, they didn't, they didn't apply. So they're asking. And Heather wants details and I kind of don't hate her for it. And she's like, and what did you say in the email? Monica just tries to get all big and bad here. Okay. She tries to get all big and bad. She's like, Looks down to the right and she said, I said, my name is Monica Fowler and your show sucks and your ratings are shit and it's going to get canceled because you don't have the right cast. Andy's like, oh, damn, bitch. Okay. But, and then Monica's like, I'm being honest. That's what I said. But here's what she really said, you guys. She did not fucking say that in her email. She made herself sound a lot more badass. Reaching out in regards to your casting call. Would love more information on what needs to be done and how to move forward. You guys need a feisty, excommunicated Latina on the show immediately. I'm your girl. Unless there's like another email in there. Like after the first round of checking her out, they were like, and what else do you want to say? She's like, that your show sucks. Your ratings suck. You're going to get canceled. Nah. Andy asks, okay, so how did you go from being her assistant for free as a friend to then being an informant against her. These are valid fucking questions because she's claiming that she is the only one who was willing to take down Jen Shaw, but you sought out a friendship with her, became her assistant in hopes of getting in the mix and getting on the show. You had interactions with the cast that you like to bring up on the show as well, like Lisa and the, and the, um, uh, private plane, Snoop, and all that stuff. So you had to expect that the question was going to be like, now what happened? Did she do something to you? Was What's the story, the journey from being that person, her friend, like hanging out with her on weekends and knowing her family and her knowing your family? Like they, I'm just assuming if you were good enough friends to want to give her free assistance, what happened to you specifically? And she's just like, um, I talked to the federal investigators. And Andy's like, and said that I have information about your case. I think I did the right thing. And I think everyone here probably should have done the right thing too. Okay, I get that now you're trying to take on this role as the one who was trying to bring down Jen Shaw. Uh, but it's just a very interesting simultaneous goal you had, which was befriend Jen Shaw and take her down and then get on Salt Lake City housewives. You know, it's, they kind of don't all feel like they can be authentically connected from a genuine place. It feels just opportunistic. And she wanted Jen out of the way because she probably thought Jen should not be on this show. I should be on this show. I'm sure there was an element of that too, you know? The rumors and nastiness about her? I've been getting so many compliments about my hair lately. 
I literally only have added in Way, which is the sponsor for this week. Way Hair Care, they sent a whole line. They sent the detox shampoo, which for someone like me, I have so many scalp issues and it has apple cider vinegar in it and it cleanses away dirt and oil. But I think the big hero product is their hair gloss. You throw this on in the shower, you give it like five minutes and you get shine immediately, but it also protects against damage and it enhances like color vibrancy. I see such a difference. And actually, according to consumer perception studies, over 85% of participants agreed that their hair looked shinier, healthier, and smoother. So they also sent their leave-in conditioner. And this stuff smells, oh my God, it smells like heaven, heaven. It's really light, but it feels very luxurious in my hair when I put it on. This detangles, it hydrates, fights frizz. They also have their hair oil. You only need the tiniest bit of this stuff. Throw that basically kind of on my ends mainly before I blow dry. Mage difference. And it's nutrient packed. So it's good for you. It's got African galanga, AMA, and Asian borage oils. And of course, it also protects from heat damage. Give your hair a glow up with whey. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use promo code she speaks for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Promo code she speaks. Yes, way is spelled O-U-A-I. Chic. The rumors and nastiness about her? Having a cat or multiple cats and having friends and family over to my house doesn't always go well. My cats always hide. They hide and they act like someone's going to hurt them. Literally, no human has ever hurt you. What's wrong with you? Show them how cute you are, I say. Let me tell you though, my house never smells like the litter box though. And that is because I use Pretty Litter. Nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odor. It's ultra absorbent, it's lightweight, low dust, that's huge. And one six pound bag works for up to a month without clumping. That means no more wasting litter. And this really gives me peace of mind. Pretty Litter's crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illness in my cat, like urinary tract infections, kidney issues, and more. And if that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to my door. I never run out. I don't have huge kitty litter bags taking up space. And even better, I don't have to lug those huge tubs from a store to my car and into my house. I will obviously not say what brand I used to use. It was so dusty and so heavy. I actually need I, by mistake, ordered the bigger bag one time and had to call a friend to come help me open it and use it because it was that heavy. And the dust, the dust was so gross. It creates this odd film over everything. Pretty Litter is, it lives up to its name. It's pretty. But it is a big deal that I can tell if my cats have any kind of health issues going on just based on looking at the litter. That'll save a vet bill or two, you know? I count on Pretty Litter to keep my house smelling fresh and clean. You can too. Go to prettylitter.com slash she speaks to save 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash she speaks to save 20% on your first order. Prettylitter.com slash she speaks. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I love that. Andy gets on the topic of the affair with her brother-in-law. And Monica actually gives the women props for how wonderful they were about this. And the women back her up. Heather's like, look, to be rebaptized in the church, in the Mormon church, is no small feat. So 
I'm not going to take that from her. And Lisa's like, yeah, your friend said you read the Bible every day. So they give her her props. She does clarify that she cheated with her husband's brother-in-law and not her husband's actual brother. Um, but then Monica has the nerve <laughs> to be like, the, for her, this is not new. This is like 10 years ago. She's reliving it. She's like, and the comments I get online are so nasty. I'm like, she's not really saying this, is she? Is she really saying? She's not. No. There's no way. And then Whitney pipes in and... I feel like Monica didn't want to hear it because she's like, I know what you're about to say. But Whitney doesn't – I don't know if this was intentional or if she didn't see the irony because, you know, it's Whitney. But Whitney can be not that – Whitney's not that dumb to not know exactly what we were all thinking. And Whitney's like, it's hard when the trolls online start coming for us. I talked about having an affair and the comments were hard. It's like, right? Now you get it. Now you get what it's like being on this side. So you can't be the troll account and then also come on this show and not tell us that you are the troll account. Now you get what it's like when we, as the people on the show making the content, get all this bad, all this bad feedback. It's hard. Package, there's the next package is about Meredith basically being mad at everything and all the other friend fights. Like, it's funny to look back on it, how Whitney said the talk shit about her bathtub and how upset Meredith was about that. Or Meredith's freak out in Palm Springs. There are people who are going to be disabled for the rest of their lives. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Lisa and Whitney fighting over how Lisa's not there for her. So Andy asks Meredith if she understands what Whitney said about how she deflects when she's backed into a corner. <laughs> Meredith says, actually quite the opposite. Everybody here has their own things they go through. Whitney lost a friend, and that's obviously horrible and very sad. But when Lisa cried and, and, and cried about her makeup, I respected that. I respect people's feelings, and I feel that mine are not often given the same respect. Andy clocks this bitch. Andy goes, well, okay, the rap on you, though, is that no one knows about these things and you only bring it up when you're confronted about something else. <gasps> Work, Andy. He's like, nope, we're not, get, we're not letting you off the hook here. Meredith said that the thing about her friend with the, the kids are going to be disabled for the rest of their life. I found out that morning and I was trying to push it away. And Lisa says, like, I hear what you're saying, you know, I, but I wonder if you can see what, what we're saying, too. And Meredith says that the women in this group do not care enough to ask her. Lisa's like, I see both sides because I relate to Meredith, but I also see the other side, too, where it can look like an excuse. And they're like, Whitney's like, do you, you just have to understand, like, the perception. And Meredith, the reality is I don't need an excuse. You've all seen me in a multitude of situations where it's too heated and I disengage. It's true. And it's also fucking annoying. But either way, you're still just getting out of something. Like, maybe stop rocking away. <laughs> maybe stay in the scene. How about that? Ah! Lisa says the same thing could be said to Whitney, like how she processed things differently with her friend Sherry. So this was some justice for Lisa, this next little bit, because we find out that Lisa did ask what was wrong, and Heather was even backing that up. We got some unseen footage from the dinner, the first dinner in Bermuda, excuse me, with Whitney saying that Lisa asked too many times, and that antagonized me to have the fillings. So there was kind of no winning for Lisa at that point, and I realized something about Lisa, because I have a couple friends. I, I have 
a couple friends that are like this. I don't go to them when I really need like an emotional coddling. They're just not equipped. They're just awkward. Like my my friends Chris and John, they're they're married. I've known Chris for forever. And he's just he's the jack to my Karen. Like we're the that's like the kind of friends we are. His husband John is deep and will go there. So I was one time I was at their house crying about my dad. And I don't like to cry in front of Chris typically, but I was I couldn't help it. I started crying. And Chris didn't even flinch, but John is there. And so I know that there are certain people that just don't have access to that kind of stuff. And when they showed Lisa being like, Are you okay? to Whitney, I was like, so she's just not the friend that's gonna give it to you. She doesn't know how to access that feeling, especially not in public, maybe. And everyone else, Heather, Monica, Meredith, they were all able to really embrace embrace her, give her a hug. But like Lisa is like that awkward person. And I think Whitney was already upset because after Lisa had come over to her house and she was like, okay, I really don't curse in my house. I don't want my kids to hear that. It did go on and on and on. And she, Whitney probably was worried that that's that that was going to piss off Lisa. And Lisa did exactly what Lisa tends to do in these situations, which is she kind of distanced herself from Whitney. But it was during the time of her friend's passing. And so I think maybe she was like reading into anything she could with Lisa, because I can tend to do that. If I'm already insecure about something else, I'll kind of start like using anything as more evidence that that's what's happening. You know what I mean? So I feel like that's more what it's about. And Whitney's having a hard time admitting like, okay, you were, you did, you did check in, you were there for me in your way, but I was actually pissed off because after my house, you like ghosted me basically. You know, viewer question for Angie, why did you forgive Monica for spreading the gay rumors when it was actually Meredith or wait, whatever the question was, whatever the question was. Angie says that she's like, I, I went to coffee with her and I felt sorry for her situation with her mom. And I think that's also why Lisa was hurt. Lisa starts to chime in and Angie goes, wait, let me finish baby gorgeous. Lisa loved that. She was like, oh, God, that's my name. That's my nickname. Angie says that she gave Monica the benefit of the doubt, and Monica laughs for some reason because you're phrasing it like I started this rumor. And Andy's like, well, you brought it out on national television. So Andy's like, I'm, I'm just confused. Why are you acting like – that's what's been confusing for me about Monica is that she's simultaneously acting like a victim when she's – kind of like the badass perpetrator a lot of the time. Like if she's coming into guns blazing to take some people down, then do that. But then don't be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. I just didn't didn't enjoy her energy. Andy asks Angie how it felt to hear Lisa call her weak and a liar. And Angie hated it because Lisa has seen me confront some really tough situations and she knows I'm not a liar. And it takes a lot more strength to stay quiet and patient and loving and kind to a friend knowing that they might not have the best response. And that's not wrong. And she kind of wasn't flopping like she tends to. Like her, was it last reunion? Yeah, last reunion wasn't great either for her. So she's doing a little bit better. And then, but Whitney's like, why did you call her a liar? And Lisa is like, I think that for me, why I said that is because I felt really hurt. 
I feel like I look ext- and this this was some justice actually because I did not know this was the situation and what was happening. So like I feel like I look extremely stupid arguing with her because I had no idea you guys made up. I had no idea that at the Greek Easter she told you that Meredith was not the start of the rumor. So I'm going there thinking I'm a loyal friend, I'm being authentic and you weren't in the middle of me and Monica because I said to you if you're good with Monica then I should be cool with Monica. Because my whole thing was being loyal to you. Because what you said to Monica about Sean was wrong. And I will stand by that every single day. I think it's a lie and I think it was wrong. I don't think you should have ever said it because it's not true. And then back to Angie. Are we friends? Yes. Was I hurt badly? Absolutely. Because I'm like, how are you in the middle when I'm taking your side? Now, I really was, I was, I was, I I was there with her because the ep- when the episode aired, I had crit- criticism for Lisa. I sure did. But I can actually understand it more. It's like, how am I taking your side and now you guys are cool? I didn't know that. And I'm the one out here looking like the asshole. And she's calling me one. Monica's calling me the asshole. And she says she can see why Lisa felt that way, but she was hurt to see Lisa call her a liar. And Lisa's like, well, at the time you're withholding information. I didn't, I forgot why Meredith chimed in, but she's like, lying by omission. And she's like, I, and I love this. She gave, I was happy that she went toe to toe with Lisa. Because Angie says, I watched the convo. I took accountability, but I felt it was very one-sided, Lisa. You did not really do a lot of self-reflecting in that moment. Lisa really does have a hard time taking that kind of step in. But she's actually not wrong because at that time she didn't know all the information they know now. And Lisa's like, well, you were playing both sides. You were not being Monica's friend. You were not being my friend. And Meredith, or mine, not sharing with Lisa what Monica told you that about me had a massive impact on our friendship. Angie starts to argue, but literally like as she's saying it, she's like, oh, wait, like in real time. Got it. Got it. Which I kind of liked her going like, okay, no, no, I get it. Fair, fair, cool. Andy asks Whitney if she stands by her statement that Lisa makes everything about herself. And Whitney says, yes. And Lisa goes, first Lisa says, yes. No, I don't. I don't. Do I get to defend myself? Fucking Monica. She's like, shut up. Honestly, she looked like Kelly Dodd to me there. Kelly Dodd in her first season. Just like the nasty. The na- Shut up. Honestly. Like, I hate everyone here. It's like, well, then why are you here? Okay, we like watching shows about friends, I thought. I get it. You came on, I get you. Great, great villain, for sure. But (sighs) Whitney goes, uh, but you have defended yourself already. And Lisa's like, I just speak a different language. Just East Coast, West Coast. (laughs) What? Whitney says the issue is that you pull away when there's conflict, which apparently is what Meredith does, too. And Lisa even has to admit, I do, I do do that. And Whitney's just like, okay, well, can you like tell us, hey, I need some space. I'll talk when I'm ready. And she's like, okay, I can do that. And then Andy goes, so Heather and Lisa, are you guys bad leather? That was fucking shade. Shade. All right, next package. Meredith saying that the rumors and nastiness about Angie's husband. This, I think, was a Peacock exclusive because after they come back from that package, For some reason, they go into some questions about Whitney's marriage and Meredith's marriage. Then Andy brings up Monica's divorce being finalized in October and how she's going to receive $6,600 in child support. And he's like, does that feel good? And she's like, yeah, I guess. And Andy says that on her divorce filing, 
it said that her business was listed as $0, worth $0. And she's like, well, yeah, I just shut it down during COVID. But we saw you making packages and stuff. And Heather's like, yeah, no, I ordered blankets for friends, but I mean, I haven't gotten them yet. And Monica gets defensive and is like, I think everyone knows when COVID hit, everything shut down. Disagree. Online shopping thrived. Online stores, they it was the storefronts that had a hard time. And even Whitney's like, that's when my business boomed. Heather confirms that the site is active and people can purchase from it. And Meredith asks if people are getting what they ordered because people online were complaining they did not. And Monica's like, yeah, I had to go. I had to, yeah, no, I had to um, refund a lot of orders. So I'm sorry, you did not, you presented this business like it was a functioning business. And if it was just finalized back in October, they filmed earlier last year. So it's just interesting. Finally, Andy asks, because that was the package, how Angie and the family are doing after all of this aired. And Angie says they're doing great once they got past the couple weeks when it first aired. And Angie insists that once it was established that Sean married was married to Angie and not gay, the rumors stopped. And Monica laughs. She's like, <laughs> and Angie's like, the rumors about Sean fucking men didn't come up until this rat came out of the sewer and here it is. And Monica laughs and Angie goes, don't act like it's the first time you've been called a rat, Monica. And Monica goes, it's not, you should come up with something else. And I was not mean to you at all during filming. Is she crazy? Is she crazy? I, yes, you were, you turned on her in Palm Springs. And I get it, Monica was, I mean, I'm sorry, Angie was out of pocket being all crazy. But you still did. Like, you didn't have to go as hard as you did. Other people didn't chime in as much as you did to, like, defend Meredith against Angie, you know? Angie's like, you were mean. And Monica asks how she, how was I any worse than you telling Meredith that she lays on her back and spreads her legs? But I'm evil? What? How are you comparing the two? But okay, fine. But Angie, I didn't expect Angie's response. She's like, Meredith didn't pretend to be my friend. That's the difference. And that kind of is, honestly. It kind of is the difference when you think about it. Like, at least Mer Meredith never claimed to be Angie's friend, but Monica came in kind of as Angie's friend. Andy says, Meredith, you never elaborate on the rumors and nastiness about Angie's marriage. You did dangle that carrot first in front of Lisa at the restaurant and then to Whitney at the airport. What was your motivation and were you just trying to get them to say the rumor on camera? Like, you said that, Andy. Meredith goes, first of all, I did not say it was her marriage. Andy's like, uh, you said you want to talk about the husband? Meredith pulls out the fucking transcript, what she said, and she rereads what she said to Lisa word for word. And he's like, okay, great. You said talk about her husband. And Meredith goes, that's not her marriage. <laughs> Lisa's like, well, that's semantics. And he's like, I don't know. What, what's the difference? The difference is there could be rumors about her husband that have nothing to do with her marriage, and there are rumors about everyone to make that clear. Okay. Andy's like, we're not, we're not done here. Let's go more globally and say you dangled the rumor in front of Lisa and Whitney. So were you doing it in order for someone else to bring it up on camera? 
Meredith says no. In front of Lisa, I was having a reaction to Angie's behavior towards me after I've been heavily provoked, had a couple of drinks, and had some other very heavy things on my mind. Andy Andy asks Angie, like, what, what do you think? And Angie says, I am a pillar of the community in Salt Lake City, to which Monica fucking laughs, all right? And But Meredith reads off her paper and she goes, at the minimum, you called me a fraud. I have multiple personality disorder. I am a lying bitch. You criticize my marriage. You criticize my business. You threatened to take a hit out on my family. And you called me a trampoline with eyes. Angie goes, that was a compliment. <laughs> you said, I used my son as a pawn to take the heat off of me for rumors that I did not spread that you made me relevant. You threatened me in the cave, and those are just what I could think of off the top of my head. Oh, Meredith, Meredith, completely deflecting. And she says she didn't mean she had multiple personalities, though. I was just referring to the different voices that you use. And Meredith's like, mm, well, you said it. <laughs> Okay, well, that's what you said. It's in the press. God. Uh, Andy brings up Angie saying Meredith spreads her legs outside of her marriage. And, and Angie's like, look, that was in retaliation to the rumors. And Meredith's like, it's shitty to weaponize someone's marital problems against them later. And Angie's like, you brought up my marriage. And Meredith, of course, plays the semantics game Till the end. I did not talk about your marriage. I said your husband. Girl, if it was about Sean with other men, that's definitely about her marriage, okay? And that's the problem with Meredith. She won't fucking go there. She won't admit that she can be nasty. She could be nasty. Andy, it's very LVP. Andy reads a tweet. Uh, Whitney definitely used Monica to bring up the rumor on camera. Villain era... Monica thankfully has Whitney's back and debunks that because I remember when the, that episode aired and I had a bunch of comments, I think on YouTube, that were like, I think that was all Whitney. I think Whitney knew and wanted her to say it. And I was like, I don't, I'm just not getting that vibe. And I'm glad that even Monica was like, I said what I said that she had nothing to say. That wasn't her. Angie says that Monica was determined for this to come out because she went around to everyone in the group. And was telling them the rumor at the beginning, like when she first joined, which that's saying something because Monica doesn't argue with that. Monica tries to interrupt and Angie was like, excuse me, this is my moment. And Monica tries it. She tries it. She goes, oh, you finally made it four seasons later. And like a beat goes by. Angie's still talking and Andy goes, well, I mean, she could say the same thing about you. So... Deceased. Deceased. I'm Put me in my grave. I can't. But Angie, Angie goes off. She says, I deserve to be here. You got your fucking Range Rover under a carport. You spend your kid's money on a fucking purse. You're irresponsible. And you're sending a bad message to your kids. Monica, of course, you can't say kids. Monica's like, keep my fucking kids out of your fucking mouth. And Angie's just like, fuck off. You talked about mine. End of part one. <sighs> So much happened that I took forever to take notes because the dialogue was so good. Next week, we are going to find out, Lisa confirms, that Jack bounced on his mission. Did we not say here at She Speaks Bravo that I think Jack is just making this up to leave Lisa's house and get away? He's probably so pissed someone saw him in LA. He's like, God damn it, now I got to call my mom. 
He was planning, he was just planning on hanging out, partying with some friends. He had no, which kind of is ridiculous because he was really using like the whole, he was being very pious about the mission and like, mom, you don't get it. You're not Mormon enough. And then he's going to bounce on his mission. You need to get Jack under control. There's also, we find out next week, an investigation going on to figure out, and I did, I did hear about this from my sources, that they they do not think that there's all these people involved in reality Vontees. They think it is just Monica. But I could have swore Tanisha has confirmed that it was multiple people. But I'm sure Heather is getting this information from Tanisha as well. I'm sure there's that, that that's being like cross-checked, but could have swore. That's how that went down. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to love Monica more. I wanted to, in this reunion, I wanted to like that burn, excuse me, that burn book really like set it up. Excuse me. I have the hiccups. Um, like it was going to be some savage takedown. We still have two parts to go, obviously, but from what I'm hearing, the burn book doesn't really have a lot in it. That's like super damning. It's more like photos from high school of them or something, which are damning, let's face it. Have we seen, you know, like Meredith especially. Go to um, My Family Genie on Instagram and she posts everyone's like younger photos. And <laughs> Meredith's photo from high school, or I'm assuming that's where it is, is just absurd. She has like this, this really like messy hair. She looks like a hippie who lives in a mountain and grows weed or something and was raised by wolves. It's just so like not the like not the Meredith I thought. Granted, high school like photos, photo day could not necessarily be someone's best day. It just wasn't the energy. But when you see Lisa's, it's like, yeah, that seems about right. She's got the big hair, you know. But like Meredith's is so funny. You have to go check it out. My family genie on Instagram. Um, anywho. All right, so how are we rating this this reunion part? I'm going to give it for part one. I'm going to give it an A minus. I don't really know what else they could have done. I'm just putting the minus in there for funsies because there's three parts. We all know about these three parters. So I'm a little worried about part two. I know that they claim that's what's coming up in the second part, like what we saw in the preview. But I also know they'd like to leave the really good stuff till the very end of part two and then everything else in part three. So let's all go into part two very skeptical. Let's let's have very low expectations and let's expect it to be pretty filler based. And then if it's anything other than that, we'll be pleasantly surprised. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to get this up for you guys. Love ya. Mean it. And I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for watching and for listening to She Speaks Bravo with Emily Hanks. If you haven't already, would you mind leaving a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you listen? That would be amazing. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you are subscribed and hit that bell so you don't miss an episode. And if you're looking for more content, more exclusive bonus content, check out the Patreon. I post two exclusive episodes a month and I'm covering just the Bravo jams like Classic Roni, Atlanta, and of course Vanderpump Rules. If you just want to support the show, head to buymeacoffee.com slash shespeaksbravo and buy me a coffee or two or five. We also have merch available at shespeaksbravo.com. Make sure you're following me on the social medias. I am She Speaks Bravo across all platforms. Thank you so much for any support you give the show, even if it's just listening. Appreciate you. Love you. Mean it. I'll see you soon. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.